1: It's 8.07 on a Saturday morning, 50 degrees outside. Very pleasant day. Going to be a very pleasant day tomorrow as well. And MLK on Monday. Hopefully, you are doing something to serve in the uh, spirit of Dr. Martin Luther King. I'm going to be planting things at Oakland Cemetery. A big volunteer group of people are beautifying Oakland Cemetery, which is one of the prettiest, prettiest, prettiest places in downtown Atlanta. Such a peaceful place right there at Memorial Drive. and. And Boulevard is a great place to go, so I'll be doing something to volunteer on Monday, and hopefully you'll find something to do yourself. We've got a great question coming up in just a minute. Wendell Indicator wants to know about Decab County mulch and whether you can use it in an edible garden. But coming in first before Wendell, Betty is out in Monroe with a question about her garden. Hey, Betty. Good morning.
0: Good morning, Walter. The several places where I plant tomatoes are seriously infested with nematodes. Mm. Can I dig a large hole, throw the dirt aside, fill it up with uh, good dirt, and the nematodes won't affect the tomatoes?
1: That is what I've told people many times, and it works like a charm. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because
0: the last two years, the tomato leaves have been non-existent. No tomatoes, not even one off several, several plants, and. Uh, and the, the stems are just dry And does that sound like nematode damage?
1: Wait, 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 wait wait. You may be diagnosing a problem that is not That is not accurate Nematode damage, the best way to diagnose it Is pull the plant up and look at the roots That's where nematodes Yeah, the have. nodules,
0: well, nodules. It, does, it does have the nodules on the roots
1: Okay, real knotty, knobby, stunted Ugly, ugly looking roots Well,
0: not there. really Just bumps, slight bumps
1: Mm, If it's slight bumps, it may not be nematodes, or maybe just see the normal soil population of nematodes. When you have a real population of sting nematode or root knot nematode, which is the most common on tomatoes, those roots are gnarly, is the best way to describe it. There are Hmm. knots everywhere on them.
0: Well, so the soil, whatever is affecting it, maybe it'll work
1: maybe it will I'll, if you want to and there are people out there who have legitimate nematode problems in their garden but there is one assay, one analysis that you can hire the local University of Georgia office to to do for you and I'm not sure how much it costs but they can actually take a sample of soil and say this has this many root knot nematodes in it, it's in a threshold that you need to do something about it or it's the normal background level you don't need to really do anything about it there
0: And to do something about it, you've got to cover it and use the uh, gas Yeah, yeah,
1: there's nothing that a homeowner Wants to do, Uh -uh, uh, frankly And one of the things, though, that a homeowner Can do is just, as you described earlier Betty, is to dig out out. A a hole, a big hole where the tomato roots Would normally be, fill that with sterile soil Put your tomato in the middle, and at least For the next year, you won't have nematodes on the roots Hey, that
0: sounds good, because I sure Do miss my tomatoes in the
1: (laughs) summer Thank you Dig it out, let's put some more soil in there Thanks for calling, Betty Wendell is indicator and joins us in lawn and garden. Hey, Wendell. Good morning. Hey, good morning. What's up, Wendell?
2: Well, you know, we got this Georgia red clay. Yes, sir. And I got a new area I want to uh, prepare and prep for spring planting. Got it. And also, I want to do some raised garden um, gardens. And uh, you know, I didn't stop the cap. I got all this, you know, mulch uh, that the county has in there. So I'm just wondering what you will be on using that in a uh, vegetable, edible garden.
1: I have used it a number of times, and I have had the same concern maybe that you have, Wendell, that, gosh, with all that mulch, you don't know what's in it. What could be you know, harbored in there that might hurt my plants, hurt my family, and things like that? And so to answer my questions, I asked for a special tour of the big uh, composting sites they have down on, uh, not Snapfinger Road, but down there in South DeKalb County right, with a landscape landscape uh, piles are, and man it was so impressive, Wendell they had these big, big tractor trailer trucks coming in there, stuffed to the gills with limbs and leaves and grass clippings and all sorts of organic material, of course they pull them off the truck, and they have a grinder that grinds it up to a certain uh, uh, diameter size. And then front-end loaders that line them up into rows that are 100 yards long, 10 feet high, 20 feet wide, just this enormous field full of all these uh, rows of organic matter. And over the years, they take, over the year, I guess, that it takes it to fully compost. They put thermometers in there every day. They put it into the middle of the pile and see how hot it is. And when it gets to a certain temperature and starts declining, they'll turn the pile over and let it compost again for another two or three months until it's all pretty well broken down. Then they pick it up in the truck and take it out to the piles that you're talking about in South DeKalb, where citizens in DeKalb County, anyway, can come pick them up. It is my observation and opinion, and I'm basing this not on having tested the mulch by any scientific analysis, but it's my opinion that there's not much chance at all of there being something harmful in the in the organic matter in that mulch. And I base that on basically there's just so much of it. If there was a little bit of antifreeze here or there, a little bit of weed killer in the grass, it would be spread out and diluted by all those tons of leaves that I just don't think it would be measurable.
2: Okay, and one last question. uh, On these raised, you know, I see a lot of raised gardens. Yeah. What kind of soil are they putting in those, and where can they get that from and, you know, to... uh
1: I am glad you asked that question because do I have that in my this week newsletter or was it last week's <laughs> newsletter? I just addressed that, and oh, I will great. tell you what my answer was. And what is your opinion, did you know, uh, later, No, no, why didn't this newsletter? Um, I, I did a web page. Maybe it was in the Journal Constitution Q and A section that I did this. A lady asked that very same question. What do I fill my raised bed with? And there are several things you could do. One is to buy it bulk and pre-mixed. Um, there are landscape material places around that sell a really nice topsoil mixture. There's Green Brothers that uh, works up in Cobb County. There's the uh, superside folks down in Noonan that deliver it in big yellow bags. Um, there are landscape supply houses that will mix it up for you and deliver it in a truck put it in your beds for you if you want to. There are bagged things, which for a lot of us, Wendell, are more, I guess, convenient to go to a hardware store or a big box store and buy the bagged stuff. And okay the caution that i have given people many times before is if you're buying the bagged topsoil and it costs less than two dollars that is not good stuff don't buy it buy Ooh. the stuff that costs it'd be five to eight dollars per bag and it'll say on the bag raised bed filled soil or raised bed something something soil and i've experimented with at least three brands of that and put them in three separate raised beds and <laughs> grew the same plants in it so i did my own little research and found those bagged products that cost 6 to $8 a bag, they work fine. Thank you so
2: very much.
1: Alright, I have solved a lot of problems for you, Wendell. I hope you take advantage of me. Alright, all right, thank you again. Alright, man, we'll see you. I put all that stuff, I believe if you go to my website and type the word bagged, B-A-G-G-E-D that would be a good keyword which would take you to the page that has all the stuff about the bagged products that I experimented with and found the ones that did work and the ones that did not. Uh, Ashley Frasca, can we retype line number three because I see just a blank on the name right there? But I know that the next caller. So retype line three.
3: How about we talk to Philip from Blairsville? Philip
1: is in Blairsville, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Philip. Good morning, Walt. Good morning, Philip. How can I help?
2: Oh, uh, in my uh, in my butterfly garden, I have hydrangeas in there also. Yeah. And I want to know how to how and when would be the best time to prune those back.
1: Mm, if they're the mop head kind of hydrangeas, we do that on July 4th. 4th of July. 4th of July. If you want to take the old flower heads off right now, no problem there. Just clip off the flower heads and put them in a bucket and put them in the compost piles. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you do much pruning of the stems on those mop head hydrangeas, those stems bear the buds of next summer's flowers. So you don't want to take the stems off right now. Do that after the, after the bloom.
2: Do you, how, how low do you prune them? Do you get them down close to the ground? Or?
1: For me, I take them down to about two to two and a half feet, seems like. I have some in front of the house that if they get much beyond four feet, which they do every year... If they get beyond that, it blocks the windows. It blocks the places that I want to walk, and so I cut them down in July to around two and a half feet. I'm guessing. Right around my so, but, belt
2: but buckle. but they, still, they the, currently they still have the you know the the bloom
1: yeah. on
2: them from last year. You know, it's just all brown and
1: stuff. Yeah, sure.
2: But would, he, would you cut that off Yeah, now just pull it, like it off. Pull it, it off with your hands.
1: Easy right now. Pull it off with your hands and put it in a bucket. That's all you have to do. And then
2: in July, cut the stem back to about two feet. You
1: got it. Okay. All right. Okay, very good. Thank mm, you so much. Nothing to it. Philip. thanks so much for calling. You, you're very welcome. Bye-bye. It's always important to know which kind of hydrangea you have, because the, the mop head, the blue and the pink that everybody's familiar with, um, they're pruned in July, but there are other kinds of hydrangeas that prune you prune them at a different time There's one called Annabelle for instance, and Annabelle blooms on Twigs that grow from spring on till about midsummer and so with Annabelle right now I have one that's about four and a half I guess feet tall and it's too tall It gets floppy when it gets that tall and so in the next day, maybe tomorrow I'll go ahead and prune Annabelle down to about 18 inches high Because its blooms are going to be produced on the new wood, the new growth that comes on it. So I'll prune it tomorrow and it'll bloom in the middle of the summer like it's supposed to. And then there are the um, panicle hydrangeas. A lot of us have the lemonade, pink lemonade and the uh, little lime and limelight, two or three of the panicle hydrangeas. And they can be pruned in the wintertime as well. And they then will put their big cone-shaped flowers on sometime in August, I guess, is about when they bloom outside. So knowing which hydrangea you have, that's important. But the mop head, the blue and the pink, that's July.
3: My panicle hydrangea, I prune on St. Patrick's Day. It's just St. easy for me to Patrick's remember. St.
1: Patrick's Day. That's, we should make a calendar of holidays to prune or do certain things in the garden. That's exactly Knockout what roses.
3: Do. Knock Valentine's rose. Day.
1: Valentine's Day. That's Ashley's Red. That's a great time to do it. All right. It's 818. We'll be back after this. And a quick weather update from Ackerman Security. It's going to be a very pleasant weekend. High today around 72 degrees. Tomorrow around 70. Overnight lows in the very low 50s. Right now it's 51 degrees at News Talk WSB. And your full weekend forecast comes within 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Well, Ashley Frasca is thinking of a number between two and seven to give away our weekend prize pack. They'll give you a pair of tickets to see Billy Joel in concert April 28th at Atlanta Braves SunTrust Park. Now we're used to saying that, Atlanta Braves SunTrust Park. All right, produced by Live Nation. And a pair of tickets to see Chicago and the Doobie Brothers in concert June the 23rd at Verizon Amphitheater. All right, Billy Joel, April 28th at the Atlanta Braves SunTrust Park. Doobie Brothers and Chicago, June the 23rd at Verizon Amphitheater. Who is going to win this valuable prize, Ash?
3: That's a really fun one. So I'm going to make a more card for it. Caller number seven.
1: Caller number seven. Get on that phone. 404-741-0750. 404 All 750 right. Because I know that one of our callers is going to take longer than I should, and the other one's going to be real quickly. But line number one, because Ashley is uh, busy taking phone calls right now, what is the line number one? Because that's, again, not typing up on my screen here. <laughs>
3: The software is not the software I'm not a fan uh, Shultan, Shultan, question about watering orchids Alright,
1: Shultan, join me on Lawn and Garden Hey Shultan, good morning
0: Good morning, Walter So, it's
1: Shultan. orchid watering Is pretty simple Do it less than you think you should And more than never So <laughs> okay. The way that I do my orchid For for example Is I have a pot that has, is, has No drain hole in it and I put my orchid pot into it, pour the water onto it, and let it soak for about five minutes or so while I go do other stuff in my sunroom, and then pull it back out of that that, uh, drainless pot and stick it back in the window. And I do that once every week, sometimes every ten days, sometimes whenever I think about it, and the orchid seems to be fine. So. Okay.
0: I have a question. Yes. What is your take on watering with ice?
1: I love it. That's another great way. Two or three cubes of ice about every week, and that'll work too.
0: Okay. What if that sticky stuff that, that comes on the leaves, should I leave it there? Should I wipe it off?
1: Generally speaking, wiping it off is a good idea because the sticky stuff tends to attack, attract dust. It is. It comes from two places. One can be from uh, called guttation, which is when leaves bleed more water than they really should, so it gets, dries on the leaf and gets sticky. Another is possibly be aphids or some other scale creature that gets on uh, orchids sometimes. But bottom line, wipe it off and look around to see if any critters on there as well. I got to go there and do those was a real quick question, so let's get it out of here. It's 8:28 at News Talk WSB. Back to more lawn and garden after news. It's eight thirty six on a Saturday morning. Fifty one degrees outside. A very pleasant seventy two, maybe coming up this afternoon. A great day to get outside, and plant things, and the greatest place in the world to go find things to plant—our friends at Pike Nursery, looked over by our sister, Miss Mickey Gazaway. Hey, Mickey, good morning.
2: Hey,
3: good morning.
1: How are you? Boy, it's a nice day outside.
3: I know, isn't it perfect? a beautiful I wish I was then. At home planning
1: Well, this whole week you're going to be pillar to post all over Atlanta with your birding class, I hear.
3: Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I love going to the different stores and getting to meet new people and um, getting to talk about birds, which, of course, everybody knows is my passion. So
1: tell me um, what the schedule is and where you're going to be.
3: Okay, we're going to be at Peachtree City, and these are at 6 o'clock in the evening.
1: Okay.
3: Um, and We're going to be at Peachtree City on uh, the 17th. I think that's Monday. No, that's Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. yeah. Tuesday. And Johns Creek on the 18th, and Lindbergh on the 19th. And then we're going to be back here at West Cobb um, on Saturday, next Saturday. And that's going to be at nine o'clock. It'll be the regular right. time.
1: And I'm sure so. that all those the dates will be on PikeNursery.com online for the website. That's right. So
3: everybody that. needs to go there and look at it and make sure the dates. And we've got lots of things. We've got a great door prize and then we've got prizes for, I mean, you know, something for everybody when they come in. So I'm excited about it. I, like I said, I want lots of questions. More good, questions good, 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 good,
1: good. Yeah, Pike's a great source of birding supplies, bird houses and bird seed and suet and all that kind of stuff. So it's great that you're doing these yeah.
3: traveling bird classes. Start. What better?
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Alright, so let's talk business. Uh, we got something. On sale, that's a great plant on sale, twenty percent off at all Pike Nurseries. What is it? Hellebores. Absolutely, what Benton a great plant! Rose. Yeah, man.
3: Yes, they are great. That is, it's a, it's a super plant, um, and the deers don't like it. And the right? deer don't, don't like it. it.
1: No, Johns Creek. Everybody <laughs> listening in Johns Creek right now, go get hellebores and plants so the deer don't eat them. <laughs> that's right.
3: That's the one thing they won't eat. Yeah. But uh, and they're evergreen, of course, and real. I've, I've got some that I've had for 30 years. Wow. I've got some in containers that have been there for 12 years.
1: Right. And they come in different colors, different color, different color um, uh, flowers. They're whites and pinks and lavenders and sort of red purples, color. Purple, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And,
3: e- and even the foliage is different. You know, we've got some that are almost like a variegated, kind of a gray looking forward to right. shrubbery, right, right. and they bloom anywhere from used to when we thought of them. We thought Lenten Rose, they bloom during Lent after Christmas, but we've got some that bloom a little bit before and after
0: all the way through, through the first of spring. I
1: actually took a tour of her yard yesterday and brought pictures on her cell phone this morning. There's her Lenten Rose, big purple bud oh, just about to open up in her house and her landscape.
3: And if you have one now, this is the time that... Um, sometime it, it'll. This time of year, it's putting up new foliage. Yes. And so, if the old foliage looks get some doesn't look so good, just cut that off. And yeah. I give mine a little bit of fertilizer. This time of year, it's a good time awesome. to do it because it's putting on new growth.
1: You taught me somebody. I think it was you said that to me one year five years ago maybe. I said mm-hmm. the time to fertilize linden roses when they're vigorously growing, Walter. So it must be in February, early January. Do it then. And I thought, well, that. Smart idea. And so I started fertilizing mine in the uh, wintertime, just like right now, which I need to do this afternoon. And they have remarkably proliferated around those beds. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Fertilize now. that big word was. Yeah. And you could use the EB stone uh, landscape products yeah. that work great. Work That's just great. One. Yeah.
3: Plant it with your um, uh, autumn ferns. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Beautiful. you can put, um, I imagine you could put a daffodil or two in there and uh, some oh, things yeah. to, to sort of brighten things up and have some bright lights on top. Oh, man, Linton Roses is an awesome plant. It, I love
3: them. It's a great plant. It uh, really is. And
1: some in almost full sun at my house, some in almost dense shade at my house, and still bloom and still look great. And again, the deer don't eat them. Great. That's, it. That's a good thing. <laughs> so, this is I've the deal. Heard
3: that, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say this is the deal. You load up your cart with Linton roses of every color and size and shape, get a little bag of fertilizer to go with them, go to the cashier and say, This is the pipe pick of the weekend. This is 20% off, and this will be a great bargain for you, and you will appreciate us for the next 20 years. They will look that you good are in your landscape. absolutely
3: right. And you, they do They almost are like a. Um, a ground cover yeah. in places in my mm-hmm. house yeah. I love them I think they're super so be sure and do that and don't forget the uh, the classes this week I'm really excited about getting to see new people and, so and bring your hard bird
1: out. questions Mickey guys, is here to talk about bluebirds and hummingbirds and blue jays and all the other wrens and crows and, and crows bird,
3: my favorite bird
1: and if you have a parrot you can bring that in and talk about the parrot with <laughs> no. Mickey she's a parrot I'm not expert <laughs> So all the details about the pike pick and about pike locations and about the classes about birds, where would we look to find them?
3: At pikenursery.com.
1: I guess we would. It's great talking to you, Mickey. Great
3: talking to you. And Paul will be here before we do it. We'll see you roll soon. Tide.
1: You bet. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Good night. Uh, mercy, <laughs> the tide did not roll so well on this past Monday night, but there you go. There it just happens. That's the way life is. Brother Mike. Brother Mike. Brother Mike. Down in McDonough, Georgia, with all his citrus trees. Hey, Mike. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. What's going on, Mike?
2: Uh, I moved my uh, citrus trees into my garage in November and gave them a good coating of neem oil as directed, and they have looked absolutely beautiful until about two days ago. I guess all this warm weather, a couple of the trees are now covered with ants, which I assume is aphid farming, and I wanted to know, is just another coat of neem oil going to be good enough, or do I need to take them out in the yard and... Word them off real good, but you, I'm worried about damaging do, the blooms if I do
1: that. Do you never get spider mites on your citrus plants, Mike?
2: Oh, absolutely. I almost lost my lemon last year. Yeah,
1: yeah. I have been doing the oils on mine. Now, I'm not using neem oil because I found another product that I thought I would try just for the fun of it. And uh, the brand name is DR Earth. DR Earth. It's in a big yellow hand spray bottle. And it has mint oil, rosemary oil, clove oil, some other kind of oil. I can't remember all the different botanical oils it has in it. So it's slightly different from neem oil, and I'm getting good control with it on my Meyer lemon, you know, spider mite situation that I've been fighting every year. But in order to answer your bottom line question, yes, we need to spray something because the ants and the aphids on your citrus trees are not going to lead to anything good.
2: Okay, if this spray is good enough, I don't need to try to wash them off or something. I mean, they're covered with ants on these couple
1: trees. I don't know, Mike. It's a, that's a nice day. If you got a strong back and a weak mind, want to take it out on the patio and spray them off. That wouldn't hurt. It'll knock a lot of the aphids off and a lot of the ants too. Uh,
2: and also a couple of weeks ago, you said that uh, milorganite does not work well when it gets cold. Yeah. Um, is, is it warm enough in the garage that I can keep using milorganite?
1: Probably. Well, millorganite is broken down by soil bacteria, and inside the garage, where the soil temperatures are not, you know, 40 degrees like they are outdoors, would are closer to 50 or so, so it's a little bit higher than that. I think the milorganite would continue to be broken down and would release nutrients to the to the trees pretty well inside. All right, sir. All right, uh, Mike. It's uh, Dr. A shot. Dr. Uh, Earth. You got it. See you soon, Mike. We got, who Chuck is down in Noonan, Georgia, in Coweta County, and Chuck joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Hi, Chuck. Walter. Hey, man. Hello, Walter. Hey, man.
2: I got an apple tree. Uh, it's, uh, I think, a golden something. Yeah. Um, I'd like to find out when is the best time to prune it back, and, and how do you prune it?
1: This afternoon is the answer to your first question. Uh, or any time between this afternoon and middle of February if you want a real broad window of opportunity. So just about any time in the next four weeks would be fine, but today's great because it's so warm outside. Okay. Uh, The sequence is real simple. It's just a one, two, three, what to do first, what to do second, what to do third. First thing, take out dead limbs. Second thing, take out any limb that crosses through the middle because they don't have any apples on them for sure. Third thing, take away any limbs that rub on each other or are just so closely attached that they shade each other out. You want to have some light penetrating to the middle of the tree. And beyond that, not much else. Unless there's a limb that's too low and pops you in the face when you mow, uh, that's about it.
2: Yeah, this, this tree here is crowded with limbs. You can't even climb it. So there's, there's way too many limbs on it.
1: You know, it wouldn't be... I'll tell you something else you can do. I said, in the sequence, I said dead limbs first, and then crossing limbs through the middle, number two, and then rubbing limbs, number three. A fourth thing you can do, if it's really, really crowded inside and you can't really climb it, as you say... Take away at least half, if not more, of the water sprouts. And the water sprouts, those little things of the size of your little finger or pencil size whips that just go straight up in the middle of the tree, they don't have any fruit on them either. So take most of those out. Okay. All right. It'll, it'll open it up. I mean, frankly, if you're not scared a little bit when you step back and see how much limbs you've taken out, you're really not doing it right. So <laughs> uh, prune until you're scared, and then you'll be fine.
2: Okay. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. All right, Chuck. Hey, man, thanks for calling.
2: All right,
1: bye-bye. Who's we got on We have Frank. Frank's out in Canton. He wants to ask a question about gardening. Let's get with Frank, then. Hey, Frank, good morning. Hey, good. How are you? I'm all Um, right. What's up? Question about some
2: Leland's we got in our backyard. The builder put them in February of 2014, so they've been through kind of two winters so far. okay. They were fairly good size when they were put in, four to five feet wide, and at least seven, eight feet tall. Um, they're, they seem to be established, but last winter, towards the winter, they got a little bit yellowish tinge to them, okay. and this winter, same thing is happening. Should I be feeding these things? Because yeah. I'm not familiar with them. I'm from up north, and we, just, we, do, we don't do lylans up there. We do evergreens
1: <laughs> and other stuff. Welcome south, first thing, Frank. Yeah. I'm glad you're down here. It's a little warmer here than it is up north right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. On The Lelands, you said they're about six or eight feet tall now, is that what you said, Frank? Yeah, right. You know, even after they've been in the ground for a couple of years, like you described, they're not really well established yet. They take a while for Lelands to spread out into the soil if there's much clay, and you know how much clay we have in our soil here. They don't go very fast. So I would say, yes, sir, you do need to fertilize them. But here's how we do it. You heard me talk to Mike a minute ago about using milorganite, and that's one kind of fertilizer you can find easily at garden centers around. But the kind of fertilizer you'd use on Leland Cypress is actually going to be put down when the soil is warming up, which isn't now. So we'll wait until, ooh, good vigorous growth is going to begin around the middle of March. So we'll do it anytime after the middle of March up to the middle of April. And just go sure. to Pike, for instance. They have the EB Stone uh, fertilizer products. You could use uh, any other quote-unquote, landscape fertilizers, that's sometimes on the bag, and uh, it'll tell you the rate per hundred square feet that you put it out, not per plant, but just sort of visually think that's about a hundred square feet there, so i put a pint of fertilizer on it, and that's how you fertilize them, but do that when they're about to start their vigorous growth in the spring.
2: Okay, so what about during the summer? Do they need water periodically? Yeah,
1: boy, if you want to kill a leaf the cypress, let them dry out. Let them dry out and watch them die. Uh, and watch them get cankers and all sorts of diseases. If there's some way for you to arrange an irrigation system of some sort, you'll be so far ahead of everybody else. I'm expecting, Frank, a lot of questions this coming spring and summer about dead Leland Cypresses and almost every one of them are going to be caused by the drought of 2016. That is just the, that's just how they work. You dry them out and they're going to die. I got to go, Frank, but I do appreciate the question. It is 849. We'll be back after this.
2: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Come back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need.
0: And a quick
1: weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Very pleasant afternoon. High of 72 maybe this afternoon. Tomorrow, 70 overnight lows in the low 50s. Right now is 51 degrees and about 50 degrees tomorrow night. And tonight, does that matter? Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Last call of the day, Eileen has joins us with a question about Millorganite. Hey, Eileen, good morning. Yes, good morning,
0: Walter. I was hoping you had a moment to repeat yes. the information you gave on Millorganite a little while ago. I have a bag, a couple bags in my garage. Yeah. And I heard something about storage, and I didn't hear what you said. I said I didn't know that
1: the guy who in was the garage
0: was a good idea.
1: Well, the guy was going to use it on his uh, citrus trees that were in the garage, and I said oh. it would still be useful to fertilize the citrus trees because the soil was warm. But as far as milorganite in a bag, I don't think it would go bad as long as it doesn't get wet for years and years and years. yours is still ready to go. Still ready yes. to go. And as
0: a general to put it down, is uh, April or March uh, the better time to just put it down in general on the uh, shrubs? Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, when things are warming up. Again, because the soil bacteria starts actively growing then, and so April, May, maybe is when the soil bacteria break it down and start releasing nitrogen. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Hey, thanks for the call, Gwendolyn. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. 404 872 the number for the Home Fix-It Show. Dave Baker is in the house, and the Home Fix-It Show starts at 9 o'clock this morning. At 6 o'clock this morning, it was my great pleasure to greet Ashley Frasca, screening our calls, and Jason Byers, scanning all our music and keeping us online. If you didn't get your question answered today, you can always go to my website, WalterReeves.com, follow me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest, and sign up for our free email newsletter. You can search a little search line there, use one or two. Words and you'll find all sorts of information. I got 14,000 14, different web pages, different web things, web items on my website, and I think somewhere in there is something you need to know. Solve some of your problems in your landscape. It's been a great Saturday morning. If you didn't hear it before, hear it again. We'll be right here next Saturday morning for another edition of Lawn and Garden.